Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. Coming up. As you seek him out, he is going to reveal himself to you personally. And as you seek him out, he will seek you out. As you begin to push in and read the word, you're going to find him. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. There are rhythms that God has set up that we need to follow. And one of the rhythms that we have is the rhythm of church. Why do we do this Sunday by Sunday by Sunday by Sunday by Sunday and then connect groups and connect groups? Why do we do all of this? What is this all about? Where does this come from? Is this something that we just do as, as a religion to be good people? Well, not actually. It's actually a lot deeper and a lot more than that. And what I want to do today is I'm, I'm not going to preach, but I might end up preaching. I don't know. I'm going to sit down on my drum stool and just kind of go through some of the scriptures with you because you need to understand what this whole church thing is all about. And if you're here for the first time and you've never been in church and you've never been um, kind of in this sort of environment, well, you're going to learn some things today and understand you may have crossed past a church at some point in your life you know you've driven past and you've seen the the building you've seen all of the the kind of the um the or you may have gone to a service like a wedding or something you've seen all of the things they do you saw us do communion today you you know you, you might be wondering where did this all come from well this this has a this has roots that go back thousands and thousands of years the church I, um and and you might be stunned by this goes before christ the church was present before Christ, okay? Um, and I'm going to explain that statement in a moment. But this, this has long historical roots that go back to the beginning of when God began to commune with mankind, okay? So what I want to first do is read from Matthew chapter 16. Uh, if you want to turn to over to Matthew chapter 16, if you have your Bibles. Um, who, who's who's uh, uh, been uh, doing their... Uh, daily, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, soap and uh, 52-year, 52-week Bible reading plan. If you haven't got, you got, you, Pastor Johan has. I can't wait for this afternoon, Pastor Johan. It's going to be awesome. But that's good. That's good. And your soap. Uh, if you don't know what that is, you can go on to our podcast and have a listen to it. And if you didn't get a uh, get a 52-week plan last week, we have some remaining left on that the giving station table though there, there wasn't many and my computer's printer is not working I had a problem so I wasn't able to print more for you but if you need more you just let me know and I'll, I'll tell you but I'll let give you but there are some there let's read from Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 okay and uh, let's look at where the word church was mentioned by Christ himself when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jodah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or you could put there hell, 
will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will you loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. This is a really, really interesting scripture. And it's all about Peter's confession, but it's it's about more than that. Right? And and we need to explain this scripture we need to break this scripture down and maybe the rest of my time is going to get taken up by this but in verse 15 where it says but what about you where jesus asks the disciples who he is see before that they replied well you know some people are saying that you are a prophet some people are saying you are John the Baptist or you're Elijah or you're, you're different people that we've read about in the Bible. You're just a reincarnation of him or them. Some people are saying that. But, but, but Jesus was more interested in this. He was interested in one thing. is like, but, but who do you say I am? Now, this is important because when it comes to discovering Christ, there is going to be a lot of voices that tell you who he is and what he's about. But I'm telling you, we learned last week, the Bible is the one source that we have that will tell us who Jesus is. I've even heard people say to me when they begin to begun to meet Christ and say to me things like, well, I'm just going to discover him on my own as I kind of just ask him to reveal himself to me and I'm just going to learn who he is. I, I go, well, that is dangerous because I'm not sure if the Jesus you've met quite lines up with the Jesus of the Bible. They must meet together. We've got the spirit and we've got the word. That's why we, we pray and read the Bible. We don't just pray. We don't just meditate. Okay. And whatever is within us um, <coughs> kind of rises to the top. That's not, that's not, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> That's not how the Christian faith works. The way the Christian faith works is we meditate on the... Okay? This is the written... Moth. Thanks. Cheers. Any, anything else? I'd like a, a cup of coffee and some grapes. Some gluten-free bread. <laughs> I feel like nougat. You got any nougat? Anyway, sorry, I'm just making too much of that. I love nougat. And Turkish, and Turkish delights. Who loves Turkish delights? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> oh, fine. Miss California over there. Was, was that you or your mum? It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> but what about you, he asks. Who do you say I am? Let me tell you something. Jesus wants to reveal to you who he is. Jesus wants to, he, it's between you and him. There is a, per, see, you can sit here in church for all that you like and come week in, week out and think that somehow Ryan Waters, this human being over here, is going to reveal to you Jesus. No, I'm just going to talk about him. And yes, there will be moments where in my talking about him, you may get a revelation of Christ and better understanding of who he is. But I'm telling you something. As you seek him out, he is going to reveal himself to you personally. Who do you say that I am? Oh, I don't know. You know, there's people that are more holy than me and they know more. No, it's not, it's not like that within the kingdom of God at all. What it's about is about your revelation of Jesus. And as you seek him out, he will seek you out. 
As you begin to push in and read the word, you're going to find him. As you begin to pray, you're going to find him. Who do you say I am? And, and Peter speaks up. Peter. Peter is always the, the you know, you always have the, the spokesperson who elects themselves in the group to be the spokesperson, you know? <laughs> you've been in a connect group, you've got the spokesperson in the connect group who's like, I'm going to be the spokesperson. They just can't take silence. There are those who can take silence and then those who can't take silence. And it's this like silent moment. I'm going to talk, <laughs> you know? Those people. Well, Peter was one of those people. It's okay. God is all. He loves everyone. And uh, he, he used Peter in a great and mighty way. And so Peter speaks up and he says, well, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replies to him, blessed, blessed are you, Simon. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. This was not revealed to you by a pastor sitting on his chair in a church. But my Father in heaven, the King of kings, Lord of lords, the King of the universe revealed this to you. I mean, I love this. This is amazing. Think about who, who, what Jesus is saying here. The creator of all. The one who created space, who created the universe, who created everything, who created humi humanity, who created the animal kingdom and, and the trees and all of life that we know and the sun and the moon and all of that. He, the one who did all of that has revealed this to you, Peter. Just like he wants to reveal it. To each one of us. And then what Jesus says was really interesting. It's really interesting. He says, and I tell you that you are Peter. So, so originally, this wasn't the first time Jesus had done this, but Peter's name wasn't originally Peter. It was Simon John. Okay. This is Simon. And Jesus had he did this for a second time. He's done this before where he says, Now now your name is so so here's here's the thing. I want you to hear this. See, in the revelation of Christ, for Peter, he realizes who Jesus is because God reveals it to him. And as as Peter realizes who Jesus is. Jesus speaks to him as to who he is. Now, I want you to get this. As we realize who Jesus is, Jesus will begin to tell you who you are. You see, he changes his name. You, you, you're Peter. You're Peter. And this is the same for you. As you, as you press into God, I'm telling you something. You're going to find out who you are. You always wondered who you are, what your purpose is, why you were put on this earth, why you're here. I'm telling you something. Listen to me. It's in Christ. It's what happened for Peter. It's what happened for all the disciples. God has revealed this to you, Peter. And your name is now long, no longer Simon, but Peter. And then he says this. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Powerful, powerful statement in the Bible. One of the most important statements of, that Jesus ever made. Now this has been a very misinterpreted scripture. <clears throat> and people use it for all sorts of things. People would say that this is where Peter was um, uh, crowned as the first kind of 
of the apostles and all of that sort of stuff and out of that there has been faith that that would say that they go back to Peter the problem with that is that Peter not long after this completely denied Christ so if he was the one that was to be the rock okay that that the whole church was built upon well it's a pretty shaky rock all right this is not what Jesus was saying he kind of used a pun Jesus is using a pun here because Peter means Petra which means piece of stone right but then Jesus uses another word and he says Peter on on this rock on this Petra big rock I will build my church and he's actually talking about this is what Jesus is talking about on the revelation the rock is the revelation of who Christ is and the confession that he is Lord see Peter confessed with his mouth whoever shall confess shall be saved Christians in the room would know what I'm talking about that's a scripture on this confession on this rock the church will be built see this church and every church that has ever been created and that has ever existed across the world from the time of Christ has been built on one thing the revelation of who Christ is and the confession that's what it's all about see this the foundations of this whole place is the revelation of Christ and the confession that we believe in him okay <clears throat> when people start to do that, churches get built. They'll come out of nowhere. This church came out of nowhere. This, this little community here, it was me and Rachel and Elijah. We didn't even have a willow at that time. It wasn't even, there was three in this church. Okay? We believed that God was going to do something. And you know what we did? We said, okay, we're going to start doing church and we're going to do a time where, where people can come to know him. And you know what? People came to know him. And more people came to know him. More people came to know him. More people came to know him. And you know what? Before we know it, we got a church. Okay? See, this is what builds churches is the revelation and confession of Christ. You can't stop it. See, on, on, <clears throat> on, the, on the day of Pentecost, in, in, if you go to the book of Acts, it's crazy. In the book of Acts, Acts 2 is crazy. Okay, you should read it. Acts 2. It's not, I haven't got it there. But Acts 2 is crazy. The... All at once, the Father reveals not just to one person like Peter and the, uh, and the Twelve, but He reveals at once 3,000 people who He is. And they all get saved. And the church all of a sudden became this huge big thing that needed an institution to run it. Okay, needed administration, needed people to be doing all sorts of sorts of things to, to handle that amount of people. Can you imagine 3,000 people getting saved all at once in one day? <laughs> That's awesome. I'd love it. We have a problem in our hands, wouldn't we? But I'd, be, I'd love to tell Tim Lowe, my overseer, hey Tim, 3,000 people got saved today. That'd be awesome. Come on, Rachel's there. She's got it. See, Jesus builds his church on the revelation of who he is and the confession of faith. And here's the next part. See, and this is why we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this is because there is power in this room. Yeah. Yeah. The person next to you and say, there's, there's power in here. What, 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 what power? What power? Well, check out what Jesus says. I didn't say to say what power. You just said that. Didn't you? Listen to this, verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And here's the power. I want you to hear this. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. The gates of Hades? The gates of hell? 
Think of the worst person you can think of in history. Think of Hitler. Think of Mussolini. Think of some of the, the worst people that you... Think of Nero. Think of, think of these people. These are people that belong in... for what they've done. Unless they've confessed Christ and come to know Him. But I'm telling you, think of the worst evil that exists. Think of the worst systems and power that there are in play in order to trap and, 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 and hurt people. Think of what is going on across this world right now with, with, the, with the transfer of people who have, been, who have been traded for sex. Think of the worst of the worst right now. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, on the revelation of who I am, and what I can do, and the confession that you believe in me, the worst of the worst will not be able to prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail. No matter what's done in this world, no matter what evil is done across this globe. No, you can talk about ISIS, you can talk about, you can talk about terrorists in Paris, you can talk about it all. But I'm telling you something, somebody needs to get excited in this room. The gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail. On the revelation and confession of one thing, one thing, Jesus. Jesus and who he is all you need is him all you need is him and in him he will assemble a group of people and has been throughout history whom the gates of hell evil itself will not prevail against it I'm telling you something we are more powerful We are the church. We're the church. God has assembled this. And he has been assembling it since the beginning of time. Oh, gosh, I'm going to go for five more minutes. Who are, why, 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 why am I talking so like, is, is Ryan gone a bit mad? Like he's, he's like, the church is so powerful. What are you talking about? The church is so powerful. Well, oh, I got so much to tell you. Just don't know where to start. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine. And then Deuteronomy uh, seven, verse six, and then seven, verse nine. Let me read the, this to you. Know therefore, Excuse me. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Now, just leave it there. Don't move on yet. It's good. You're eager. Just control your finger, okay? The Spirit of God uses self-control, okay? It's got a low battery. You need to plug it in. It's in my office, actually. Yeah, that's my fault. It's in my office. Sorry, yeah, low battery. This Mac will sleep soon unless it's plugged into a power outlet. Okay. This was written to the Israelites. Okay. This was written to Israel, the nation Israel. Okay. And, uh, and the next one, I'm just going to press because Rochelle, poor thing, is... Yeah. The next part is... Yeah, it's good. Know, therefore, that the Lord... 
Your God is a God is God and he is faithful. He is the faithful God keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations to those who love him keep him keep his commandments. See, I just want to focus in really quickly on the word covenant there. See, the covenant is an agreement. Before Christ came, and we were talking about this with the communion today, before Christ came there was an old covenant in place for God's people. Okay, that covenant looks different to how we celebrate or, 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 pra- or how we practice today. Okay, the covenant then is there would have to be a, an animal that was like a, a, a spotless and clean animal that would be sacrificed and put on an altar before God on behalf of everyone's sins. And, and people had to believe that that was, God's, that was God's way that he was cleansing the nation. Okay, that's all they, they had to believe in that. And followed that practice, and then the, the, then their sins would be paid for on behalf of. But the problem with that covenant, the, the Bible talks about that covenant. And I'm just going on a bit of a teaching uh, trail down here. The, the Bible talks about that trouble, that that covenant is having a fault. The fault was that there was no relationship with God. Okay, there was just a covenant there in place that you could follow if you sinned. You had to, okay, I believe that God will save me from my sin or save me from my sins. We'll, we'll, we'll go to the temple, we'll, we'll contribute into, into the, the, the administration of, of God's covenant. That's what people would do, okay? But there was a problem that people kept on sinning because there was no relationship. See, we, we have a better covenant. Because the fact is, is because of Christ, we now have the spirit of Christ in us and, and the law is written on our hearts. So we know before when we're moving into things that we shouldn't be moving into. You, you ever felt that thing where you're like, you shouldn't be doing that. You're like, where did that come from? That didn't come from me. That's the Holy Spirit. You've invited him into your life. And now you have a stronger conscience than you ever had before because you have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with him. We have a better covenant. Now, it was that covenant that, that, that the Israelites had that made them a people. Go back to verse, uh, verse 6 of, of chapter 7. Okay? But you are a people. Okay? What's that mean? You are a nation. Okay? It was this covenant that created this nation, Israel. Right? Now we have a new covenant. Go to Galatians 3, verse 7 to 14. I've got to really hurry, but I've got so much to tell you. Okay, understand then. That those who have faith are children of Abraham. Hold on a second. What? Just hold on a second. Let's just step back a bit. Are we talking about Israel here? Who are we talking about? Hold on a second. Understand then that those who have faith are children. Children of Abraham. In other words, you go back even before Israel. Okay? We go back, those who have faith even go back before the nation of Israel. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles. In other words, the non-Israelites. By faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All, you've got to remember this. Okay. All nations will be blessed through you. Say through. All nations will be blessed through you. Now let's just talk about Israel for a moment. Israel had a point in time where it was God's chosen nation, God's chosen people. Now, it wasn't God's chosen people for them to just enjoy being God's chosen people on their own. They were God's portion. God let the whole world run free and do whatever they want. But he said, the Israelites, they are my own. And I will bless them so that everybody else can see my blessing and see that I'm real. But the problem with the Israelites, because the covenant was broken, is they kept on messing up. And God's plan for them kept on getting messed up. Okay? 
but 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 the point of their blessing was not for them it was for the world okay this is important because a lot of people think Israel is 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 like is just for them it wasn't just for them it was for everyone they were meant to be a conduit of God's blessing that's why that's why you see like in in when 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 um when the queen of Sheba comes and sees Solomon's temple that he's built, why do you think she was a Gentile? She wasn't Jew. She came and gave an offering. She could see the glory of God upon this nation. And she was like, I want some of that. That's why, why Jonah, you know the story of Jonah, he goes to Nineveh. Nineveh. Were the Ninevites Jew? Were they Israelites? They were not. God loved the entire world. And he wanted the Israelites to be the ones that he would bring his glory through for all nations. Jesus was a Jew. Peter was a Jew. Paul was a Jew. <laughs> I'm getting excited. I, I, I'm excited about what I'm preaching about. I'm, I'm really excited about this because I want you to hear something. Oh, gosh. I want you to see the next scripture. 1 Peter Verse 2, chapter 2, verse 4 to 10. Now, just, just pretend this is in the Old Testament. You can still see it on my arm. I can't get rid of it. But this could look like it's in the Old Testament. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by, chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being... Did you, did you make that go away? Shout, you're on fire. You, the engage has been good for your mind. It's, it's good. Um, living stones are being, are being built into spirit, a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Keep going. Actually, I should read it from... Oh, no, it's all right. As you come to him... No. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone... What was the rock? What's the rock? The confession of Christ and who he is. Okay? It's important to know. See, this is what Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Remember that? Church. Who is the church? Okay. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. It all stands on that. But to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. It's coming, don't worry. We're people of faith. Come on, Steve Jobs, what are you done to our computer? What have we got? Chapter 5 here. It's frozen, it's the devil. Yeah. It really has frozen. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Okay, that's all right. Oh, oh he got excited and went past. We, is that, where were we? That was it. Oh, that's it. Okay. And a stone that causes people to stumble. Oh, you know, oh gosh. I mean, I'm telling you something. The gospel is a good news gospel, but it also causes some people to go, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I believe. I'm not sure. And you can be running through life, running thinking you've got it all, and all of a sudden you trip up on this rock and it hurts your toe and you fall over. 
It's the gospel. It's a, it's a, it is a stumbling block and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Ouch. Okay, let's not keep on that. <laughs> we'll explain that on another day. But you, but you, look at the person next to you and say, but you, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy, what's it say there? You, this is talking about the church. You are a holy what? In this room, we represent a nation. This is, this is serious. The church is a nation. God's special possession. What did I say about Israel? Remember what I was saying about Israel was God's portion, his chosen people that God would use to bless through. Well, now there is a new Israel. Now there is a new Jerusalem. Let me just say this. Before I move on, anyone who gets more excited about the nation Israel that's sitting up there doesn't know their Bible. If you get more excited about that than you do about the church, you do not know your Bible. You don't know. Yeah, you can clap. Go and clap. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you something. There is a lot of false teaching out there. Oh, Israel, is, Israel the nation, is as accountable to God as any other nation for the actions that they do against any people on this, on this, on this globe. They are, they, are, they are doing things that they will be pulled up for and they're doing it in the name of God, not in the name of love. Okay, that's as political as I'm going to get. But as a pastor, I sometimes need to make stands and that is a stand. God is not about Israel anymore. He is about the church. This is New Jerusalem. That you are sitting in. This is new Israel. You are God's portion. You are God's people. We are the ones that are going to bring about and administer the love that God has for all nations. All nations. This is the way God is going to work. This is the way it's been said and done. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this, his wonderful light. I love this next bit. Once you were not a people. Once you were just random people wandering around in Bombay, living your individualistic life, doing things and, and wondering why it wasn't quite working out. But now you're a people. You are not just a people. You're a nation within a nation that God has put together to bless this nation, India. I said that God has put together to bless this nation, India. <laughs> You're not used to me preaching like this, are you? <laughs> once you had received, once you had not received mercy, but now you, are, now you have received mercy. And I love this because you've got to read on. I'm just going to read on. I've got to finish. Where is it? I didn't plan on doing this, but I think it's important for us to, to know Oh, I can't find it. But he goes on. You'll see in, in, in 1 Peter, if you read this book, 
He goes on to say that, that we must be praying for, for our nation. And he even talks about the emperor. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Oh yeah, verse 17 of 2. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Or I'll put it like this. Honor Narendra Modi. Honor him. Honor him with your speech. Honor him with your prayers. And honor him with everything that you do. Honor him with your Facebook. Honor Trump. Honor him. You are sinning if you are continuously going on a rant about Trump. You're not following the Bible. You should be praying for him. And nothing less, nothing more. Whether or not you agree with him, I don't care. I don't agree with him. I don't agree with what he's said and done. I, I, he, it's like interesting. Okay? But you know what the Bible tells me to do? Pray for him. And you know what? Narendra Modi needs our prayers. India is in a time right now where if it doesn't shift out of its current status and current place, it will not make it. China is making moves like crazy. It's crazy right now. We need this country to rise. And we need to be playing, praying for its leaders. We need to be praying for our local BMC leaders. We need to be praying for our local police force. We need to be praying for the NGOs and all of those things that are happening around us. We are, because you know why? Because the blessing that we have, that we get to come and worship God and do everything that we do, is not just for us. But we are God's portion who will bring to us God's rule and reign. A reign of mercy and justice and hope and love. It's you. This church thing that we're doing is really serious, guys. It's not just some sort of act that we're going through, going through the motions of doing church every Sunday. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. We are New Jerusalem. We are New Israel. We are new God's new plan. New covenant people who carry what God has. When God comes back, whether it be in some particular place or not, nobody really actually knows. But I'm telling you something. He will come amongst his church. Yeah. And he will, he will work through his church, his people. Because that is what has been written and then that is the way it is. Amen? Yeah. Whew, I, just, uh, I just like laid down a... <laughs> but you know what? I think uh, we've got to be preaching the Bible in this place, all right? And, and that's what we do. If you're here for the first time and you're like, I have no idea what he just spoke about. But I liked how excited he was. I like the vibes. Then cool, I, I'll get to know you more. God is, God is awesome. And the reason I'm excited is because he has set me free from so much. God, God loves me so much and, and, and me as a pastor as a, as a person like a guy and all that I struggle with still and all of the mistakes I make and all of the stuff ups that I have lined up behind me he still loves me 
And the coolest thing about it all is that he would put me amongst not a group of friends, not just this kind of little nice community, but a nation of people that he has arranged together to bring his love to a whole nation of, that we are placed within. Oh man, it's such an honor to be in his family, to be a part of his, part of his plan, be a part of his purpose. And I'm so grateful that he would have me. And for each one of you here, looking for a purpose, looking for destiny, wondering what it is that you were put on this earth for, it all starts in the confession and knowledge of Christ. It's where it begins. <laughs> it's where it begins. The Spirit of God comes and begins to guide you, show you, help you, help you navigate through. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.